What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. This podcast is available on all platforms, and I just found out I got picked up by iHeartRadio, so shout out to them for picking up the podcast as well. Um, just got the news really like five minutes before I went on air, so shout out to iHeart for uh, hosting me or keeping me on their platform as well and everybody else, so make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can still find me on Twitter, I guess. Like, I don't know if how long Twitter going to be standing or what they case is, but I guess you can still find me at Sports Business. Um, S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. And yeah, that's about it. <clears throat> so uh, we did take a little quick little break. I've been doing mad traveling. Um, went to New Orleans, went to the Bay, uh, just came back from New York, which was a great trip. Um, my little annual sportscation trip with some of my good friends from the military. We was able to run that back again. Uh, we made it bigger and better this time around. So, um, forgive me for taking a little bit of a quick little, quick little week off. I believe it was a week or two off. Just been doing a lot of traveling, but now we back in the groove of things and we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about my New York trip a little bit. We're going to talk about um, the week 11 winners, and that's about it. Um, we're also going to talk about the Golden State Warriors, and it might be time for them to kind of make a move now than later, and then we'll definitely talk about the dummy of the day. Um, but yeah, before we get into things, um, I did see this as I was creating my um, rundown for the show. So yesterday, like I said, I had been traveling. So I think yesterday was probably like the first week and I've been actually been able to be home um, here at my house in like over a month. So I woke up, saw some real tragic news out there in Colorado Springs. Uh, looks like an LGBTQ club got shot up. Five people died and it looks like another 25 people are injured. Um, looks like the week before that, we had a senseless shooting with that involved at the University of Virginia where three football players died. Um, another one was 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 pretty jacked up. It looks like he just got out the hospital and um, the, the shooter was a former player for the football team. So um, just thoughts and prayers for everybody out there um, who are victims or who who's been through some stuff. And we got to do something about these gun laws. Y'all like we, we, we got to do something about these background checks or. Whatever the case may be, but uh, yeah, just thought about that this morning and or really the last few weeks, and it seems like it's just something one 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 crazy thing after another crazy thing, and and it it don't get better without uh, us trying to trying to make things better for each other. So thoughts and prayers go out to them, and hopefully you know the 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 the, the victims um, they 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 can soon you know. Time doesn't heal all wounds, so take all the time you need, but just thoughts and prayers are out to all those people because it's a lot going on. Um, like I said, New York City um, was a great, great trip. We got to go, whew, I think it was six days. No, I'm sorry, five five days and six events. So we checked out um, we checked out the Brooklyn Nets against the New York Knicks, which was very, very interesting because that was their first home game after the whole number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets situation, um, which I found to be very, very interesting at the time is that 
They didn't have nothing related to him or in reference to him. He was off all the marquees. He was off all the video packages. His uh, merchandise was not even listed at the stores. It was almost like they just neuralized him and he was no longer there. Now, whether that has changed since he just came back last night, I don't know. But it was very, very interesting because I was specifically looking for that in particular to see were they going to mention him or anything. But nothing to be said. We did that. We went to check out the Pistons and the Knicks game at Madison Square Garden. We checked out UFC 281, which was very, very, um, which was wild to just see Izzy Adesanya just crumble like that in the last round. Then we went to go see the Giants and the sorry Texans play. Um, and then later on that night, we went to go check out the New York Rangers against the Arizona Coyotes play. So all in all, it was a great trip. Um, got to do a lot of different things, not sports related. Checked out the 9-11 Memorial, went to go check out the Statue of Liberty, went to go see Hamilton. So it was a, it was an action packed whole week. Nothing chilling with but some of my good friends. So it was it was really, really dope. So shout out to all my boys that was able to make it. And we'll definitely run it back this next year. Now, we're going to talk about my week 11 ballers and losers. I'm going to tell you all right now. I think I said it in my last podcast, and I'm going to say it again. I got five winners, and everyone else in the rest of the league is doo-doo. Um, we had another, I, I feel like this this year's slate of games have just not been good. And somebody on social media challenged me and said, well, What's my form? Like, wh- wh- why do I say that all the games are booty? Is because mediocrity is not really success. And, and if you really look at these teams, I, you know, I, I find it as, you know, my, my, my time is very, very important. And I feel like the NFL is really just insulting us by putting these garbage games together and we're supposed to just take it and like it because, yeah, 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 it's the NFL. We put anything out there and people are going to watch it. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, people want to be entertained. And some of y'all really need to take y'all fandom cap off and really, 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 really think. Just think about it. How good is your team really? Think about that. How good is your team really? And I'm going to give you all a perfect example on why I think that the city, the, this, this, this season has just been lemon booty. Take the Minnesota Vikings, for example. They ripped off seven games in a row. They got smoked by the Dallas Cowboys. The same Dallas Cowboys team who looked pretty pitiful last week against the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Green Bay Packers apparently, or not apparently, this past Thursday laid an egg against the Tennessee Titans, and and now they don't look too good. So, I, I say all that to say that I don't want to hear about this any given Sunday bullcrap because it ain't really any given Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings is is <clears throat> they they are a team that has won I think a majority of their games all by within one score, which means a couple of plays here and there they could have gone they could have been they could easily be. What would that be? Ooh, they, they, they could have even gone winless at this point, if you think about it. They could be 0-10, 0-11, if they're all within one-score games. Now, I say that to say, y'all need to just pump the brakes on some of this 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 these, these matchups. Like, it, it ain't all that to be what it is to be. The Eagles struggled against the Colts, against a Colts team who the head coach is literally out here playing Madden. Like, I'm pretty sure he's out here just... Picking up the Indianapolis Colts' playbook in Madden 23 and just rolling with that. Like, they don't have a scheme or nothing. They got a coach out there, which leads me to think, are, are, are owners just going to start posting jobs on Indeed or, or JobVite and all these other job platforms and say, hey, no experience required to be an NFL head coach. But if you got three years of experience playing Madden or you done made the Madden bus or something like that, hop on on. Go ahead and apply. We just need three references and, and a security check. Because the Colts are out here giving possibly the best team in the NFL 
a run for the money yesterday. So when I say that, so my week five winners are still the same. Cowboys, Eagles, Niners, Chiefs, and the Bills in no particular order. Um, and everyone else, I'm not going to lie. You want to get mad? That's okay. <laughs> Your teams aren't that good. Um, I, I think those five teams in particular are very, very good. I think even with the Niners record this year being is not as you know, it's not as consistent what it is. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and think what they are going to be towards the end of the end of the season, which I feel like once they're able to get Christian McCaffrey implemented into the uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, playbook there, they'll be better. You got Debo Samuel, you got Brandon Ayuk, you got George Kittle, um, you got a slew of running backs and you got a pretty good defense that holds people to the you know hold holds their own so as long as they can stay healthy that's a team that I, I'd, I'd be looking out for the Cowboys they just laid the smackdown on the Minnesota Vikings like I said a Vikings team that easily could be winless at this point I mean at this point they're eight and two but I believe they've been outscored by two points which is a big deal that means more team that means they haven't been able to put points on the board um the Eagles yes they did get they got that you know they barely won against the Colts but they're nine and one the Chiefs are still figuring out ways to win, and I know that, you know, they played an AFC West game, which was probably the most entertaining game last night, or all the last week, if you, or this past week 11, against against the uh, the Chargers. And then you got the Bills, who, I mean, they, they had to be able to relocate from Buffalo to Detroit in, in a moment's notice to the point where they didn't even know if they were even going to be able to play this game, and they were still able to face adversity and beat these teams, so... I say that to say that those are my top five, and I'm just looking around the league like the Giants, finally, Danny Nichols is back to being Danny Nichols. They lost against the Lions team, who knows how to put points up on the board, but if we're talking, if we keep it in the buck, like, I went to the Giants game last, uh, not last week, but the week before, the against the Texans. I'm going to be honest, I was not impressed. That game, the Giants being as, quote-unquote, being as good as that they are, they should have been able to smoke the Texans by double digits. And that game was a lot closer than when it needed to be. There was a couple of key plays that kind of went the Giants' way. I think there was a couple of turnovers um, in the red zone where the Giants was able to capitalize. Well, actually, the Giants were able to get some turnovers in their opponent's red zone. And they weren't even to capitalize and get points off of it. So, the Giants, yes, they are. They're kind of in that same boat as the Minnesota Vikings. We don't know really how good they are. And their schedule really up this upcoming next couple of games we're really going to see if the Giants are really about that action or not. But if you're asking me, that's a team that came off of a bye, that should have been better prepared, and they should have smoked the Texans by at least double digits. They didn't even crack 20 points. Um, they didn't crack 30 points. And I kept saying, like, hey, if this team doesn't crack 30 against the Texans, we got problems. And that team, that game was 16-24, to a lot closer than what it needed to be. And look what happened to them this week. Again, they got smoked at home. To the Detroit Lions, a guy uh, with a coach who likes to talk about biting off kneecaps of their opponents. So, just just bad. I mean, the Commanders did a better job against the Texans, if you ask me. The Commies, the Commandos, whatever you want to call them, the team from Washington in Texas and in Houston, they went over there and they almost damn near pitched a shutout all the way up until the third quarter, I believe. Um, and, and they looked they looked like they were able to overpower them. So. Just a lot of bad football. I mean, Ravens, Ravens, Panthers, another, what are we doing? Three to 13? It, it, it just doesn't make sense. I feel like everyone's just okay. And you got five teams that are great. And everyone's like, well, what about parody? Parody. You can say it's parody, but you can also say it's just not, it's not a good product. And, and the more that I look at game film and the more that I'm able to actually dissect a lot of these games, especially on Mondays, I'm able to look at a lot of the tapes. There's a lot of miscues. There's a lot of bad, bad call. Just a lot of bad football being played, and it's just 
everyone's just okay. And that's, you know, you know, that's cool. But if you ain't really one of those five teams, I mean, how good are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, I and I talked to my homeboy, Mark. My mind, Mark, was like, yo, these playoffs, they're not going to be as good as what everybody thinks. And I'm starting to kind of agree with that. I was like, oh, I don't know about that initially. But the more I'm looking at it, the more I'm reviewing these games, and the more I'm really taking a deeper dive, they're not going to be good. Like, I I would be shocked if we have some good playoff games. Like, I, I just don't see with the playoffs being expanded. You're going to have an, a, an NFC South team that's – probably going to be a division winner that's going to get a home game against an nfc east team i would assume and then one of the, even the giants i would just be able to assume that they should be able to beat anybody in the AFC, nfc south especially a team that didn't finish over 500 so um yeah that's just what i see but big shout out to the cowboys what a great back to what a great way to come off of a bounce back game and not even give up a touchdown and just beat the dog you know what out of the Minnesota Vikings, like, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they got it on, they, they beat them so bad that they had to put on another trash game, which was the Steelers against the Bengals. That game wasn't even as close as what the score looked like, but that was trash. And it got to the point where like, even on the Sunday ticket, you couldn't even try to go back to the dog on Cowboys and the Vikings game because the, the, it was the, the other game was being broadcast. So just bad football all the way around. I think that's like three or four weeks in a row where we just haven't had good matchups. Um, we got the Cardinals and the Niners tonight. We should see the Niners be able to do something out there um, down there in Mexico City. Um, the Saints somehow were able to beat the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champs. And I told you all week one. I told you all at the beginning of the, my, the, beginning of the season. The Rams are on the Army Overweight program. Like They are high off their Super Bowl. They got way too many injuries, and a lot of them were contemplating retirement all the way up until the 11th hour, and it's really, really showing now that, you know, Sean McVay was contemplating going in TV. Uh, Matt Stafford, who's gotten two concussions in the last three weeks or something like that, he don't look the same. Aaron Donald, yes, he's still balling out of control, but, I mean, how much more does how much more do you want to do, you know, when your team is literally looking bad this year, you're three and seven. Like, how much more do you think he he has to prove, or what more does he want to do with his career? Being the fact that he there was already rumors saying that he was going to retire had they won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, the only person that's really out there that that still got something to prove would probably be Jalen Jalen Ramsey, but he out here on the shot. You know what I'm saying during during Thursday night football. So I don't know how focused this Rams teams is, but I mean they they're coming off of a Super Bowl pick, uh, Super Bowl win, a championship. They gave up a slew of draft picks, so they don't have nothing building towards the future. And they really went with the shoot now, ask questions later type of mindset. And now they're asking a lot of questions because there ain't no more ammo to be shot out. And, and it's it's really going to be interesting because I don't know when, how many more years they have until they get a first round draft pick, but it ain't anytime soon. So, I mean, the Saints did that. You got the, the, the New York Jets who... I was super duper sold on, but my man Zach Wilson out here looking like lemon booty. So I don't know if they need to bring uh, Jose Flacco back, but I don't know. Um, they're wasting an opportune season when their defense only gave up essentially three points. And my man Zach Wilson out here just catching a bad case of the lemon booty. Um, he, 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 and then not to mention, like, come on, man, you're going to have to take a little bit of accountability on yourself. You know, reporters ask you, could, could you have played better? No. You know, do you feel like you're at fault? No, like, nah, bro. The, the best way you can answer that is we all could have played better. Um, it starts with me, but we all as a team could have played a little bit better. But you got to take a little bit of accountability. Your defense did what they were supposed to do, giving up three points. 
Um, technically, they gave up 10. They officially gave up 10, but essentially they only gave up three because the touchdown was scored on special teams. So your defense held its own. Your defense did what it was supposed to do. And you want to you don't want to take any accountability about yourself, bro. Like you think you hot stuff, but you ain't really all that hot. Like my man Jose Flacco out here got a couple of wins. Um, I can't think of the quarterback they had last year. Um, but he was able to get some wins to the point where there was even a little bit of rumor mills saying that, you know, um, there might be a battle for the starting quarterback position this year. So Zach Wilson, you gonna have to do some growing up. You got, you got to grow up, bro. Um, I, I just feel bad because the Jets, they got players, man. They got sauce Gardner. Um, they got Quinnen Williams. They got the, uh, the Wilson cap, the wide receiver. They got players over there. They have Brees Hall before he got hurt, but they got a lot of players over there. They changed. They traded for James Robinson, thinking that they were still going to be in this, um, this area of being able to um, still be playoff contenders. And and I don't know. Like they haven't looked good recently. The last couple of games, and man, I, I don't know. But anyways, you still got the Raiders. I mean, the Denver Broncos. I don't know who's who's what's more of a disappointing team, the Broncos or the Raiders. But I mean, the Raiders did win. They won in overtime. That was just a weird. I, I, I watched that game. Obviously, I, I'm a huge Raider fan, so I watched that game from start to finish. But I mean, I, I can't put my finger on the fact outside of the fact that their defensive backs are terrible. Max Crosby and Denzel Perryman are probably the only two players that are given max effort on every snap on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Chandler Jones literally is just stealing money. He is robbing the Las Vegas Raiders. For every direct deposit that comes into his page, hit into his bank account on Tuesdays. He is legitimately just robbing Mark Davis and the Raiders because he has not produced anything. He has been a liability. And the fact that they signed him to that fat of a contract, I don't know. But, um, I mean, the defense for them to only give up 16, like the defense hasn't played bad, bad. Like they haven't been giving up a boatload of points, but their offense, I mean, you know, they go with Josh Jacobs, and he's probably, outside of Derrick Henry, name me a better running back between Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs right now. I think Josh Jacobs has eight or nine touchdowns. He's got about 900 yards running the ball. I mean, he's out here, literally him and Derrick Henry are probably the only two running backs that I can think of off the top of my head that's balling out of control. So you got him, you got no Hunter Renfro, you have no Darren Waller, and you're really out here with just Devontae Adams, <clears throat> Josh Jacobs, and Derek Carr, and they're still out here trying to make things work. There's a lot of rumors saying that the Raiders, you know, technically Mark Davis gave the the, the thumbs up or the stamp of approval for uh, Josh McDaniels' job, which usually means that's a kiss of death. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of rumors saying that the Raiders are just strapped for cash where they don't know if they're going to be able to pick up a third NFL head coach doing the fact that they still got to pay out more uh, John Gruden, his $100 million contract. Um, they would have to basically fire Josh McDaniels and basically fulfill his contract. And then you're going to try to bring another one. Like Mark Davis ain't got a lot of money. Like, he ain't he ain't out here. He, like my man's still flying Southwest trying to hope he get that A A1 boarding pass. And for those who don't know what A1 boarding pass is on Southwest, that is the golden ticket where you get to, you are the first one on the plane. Besides the little handicapped people who got to get wheeled down to the to the you know the wheelchair uh, agents who we out here wheeling down the, uh, the the wheelchair folks, out so they go on the plane first and then Mark you know whoever has a one, 
that's the first person that gets to pick the seat and that's usually the seat that is the emergency exit where there's no seat in front of them because they got all the leg room so mark davis is still flying southwest ladies and gentlemen so you might see him on the plane i mean i saw him at madison square garden last year standing right next to me in gen pop so they're a little strapped for cash, so I don't know how much money they still got in their petty cash account to be out here trying to get uh, head coaches, but it ain't a lot. <clears throat> so, but yeah, I, I I definitely think the Cowboys, Eagles, Niners, Chiefs, and Bills, like I said, in no particular order. Um, but if you do want me to stack them up, I'd probably say Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys is how I would stack it up. And... Like I said, after that, it's getting where you fit in because you ain't that hot. You're not. Um, so that, that's that's what we got. And now switching gears, I did. I, I was able to watch a lot of basketball these last couple of weeks, which is I really don't start following basketball until around Christmas. But being the fact that this year Christmas falls on a Sunday, I believe. I think it's a Sunday. It's a Sunday. It is. It's a Sunday. The NFL has decided to hijack the NBA and throw on three games that are throw three games on for themselves. So there's going to be a lot of competing as far as what these TV ratings are going to go. So I usually tend to not watch basketball until Christmas Day, but that has changed. Uh, I, like I said, I was able to go to two basketball games last week. I went to a Warrior game early in the season, and yeah. So I in th- this past week when I've been home. I've been able to <clears throat> watch a little bit more basketball. I've been actually able to watch a lot more Golden State Warriors as well, which is cool. It's my team. And the Warriors literally just picked up their first road win last night against the Houston Rockets, where it took the valiant efforts of a 41-point night of Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. Grabbed, I think he had like 30-some points and dropped 15 dimes. Um, and people are Warriors fans, you know, rightfully so. They're panicking a little bit. Um, being the fact that right now had the playoffs started, I think they're one game out of even the play-in tournament. Um, the Kings are a lot better this year. Um, no one thought the Utah Jazz were going to be any good, but they're starting to kind of fizzle down, which that sounds about right with the Jazz. Um, the Lakers are still trash. The Pelicans are still figuring things out. So the West is still, you're coming out the blocks. But you don't want to come out the blocks just flat-footed where now you got to make up a lot of games. The thing about the Golden State Warriors last year is I believe they started the season 23-2 and is or something like that. Where they sandbagged a lot of wins. And when Draymond Green got hurt when Klay Thompson came back, they went on this terrible stretch of games where they was I think they had lost a boatload of games. And I think they went like... 10 out of their next 20 or something like that. They lost. They they just had a bad stretch of games, but they were still able to capture the number three seed because they were able to sandbag a lot of those wins at the beginning of the season. They're going to have to play a lot of catch up right now. And I saw something last week where they sent James Wiseman down to the G League. I told you all last season that they needed to flip James Wiseman at the trading deadline. And I feel like right now I need y'all to give me my roses because I've been told you I'm not sold on James Wiseman. It shouldn't take anybody of that magnitude to be coming back from a torn meniscus in a whole year. And then when he comes back, he just doesn't look good. Like, he looks out of place. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't look like, I mean, I get it that you've been rehabbing, blah, 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 blah. But you played the G League. You were down in Santa Cruz. And even your rookie year, your rookie year, you didn't look that bad before you got that knee injury. So this whole regression, James Wiseman is about to be looking like Marvin Bagley III, ladies and gentlemen. So you better flip him now while you still got some type of commodity in him 
before you flip them, what like just like the Kings did, I think they flipped them to Detroit. I think they got pennies to the dollar. They basically got gave them away for free. James Wiseman is teetering on that level where the Warriors ain't gonna be able to get nothing in return for James Wiseman. Now Marvin Bagley was a number three overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. He went three or four. So we're talking about two top five picks, and respectively, of James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley. Tell me what's the difference between them two players right now. I'll wait. Because I don't see a difference. I don't see the explosiveness. I don't see the, the dog in him. I don't see this as the guy that can carry the future of this franchise. And the thing about this whole pilot run that the Warriors are doing as far as trying to win now, but then still build for the future. One, it's never been done before. And two, I think that pressure is... There's so much pressure on Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and James Wiseman that they will always be chasing the ghost of the uh, strength in numbers business model that Steph, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, um, hell, you can even throw KD into that little picture of that cap that 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 stretch of five finals in in what is it five finals in a row, won three out of the five. That you're putting a lot of pressure on them boys. Where I don't know. If that's really healthy or not, like they will, and it's just, it's just a human nature where you want to be able to meet those um, those expectations, and not even just meeting them, but just succeed, ex- exceeding it. Those dudes want to exceed what the OGs did, but when you are still trying to live in the moment where they have won four out of eight, and they're trying to run five out of nine by going back to back this year, that's a lot of pressure that you're putting on them boys. I don't know. If James Wiseman is ready for it, there's been talks about John, Jonathan Kaminga is smelling himself too. Jonathan Kaminga and Jordan Poole have been smelling themselves too much. It's like, all right, bro, y'all was on the team, y'all was getting burned last year, but y'all ain't all that. Jordan Poole, he, I mean, yes, he's gotten paid, but did the Warriors jump the gun and paint him? It looks like it so far. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, I mean, he ain't even between him and Moses Moody. They, I know for a fact Moses Moody ain't getting. He getting a whole bunch of DMPs. Or he's playing garbage time. I don't know how you can build your future in a guy like Moses Moody where he's getting garbage time or he not even getting any burn at all. I was talking to my homeboy about this, and this this is how this is how basketball practice goes. Practice usually goes where you really don't get better unless you actually are getting some burn in an actual game. What do you mean by that, E? So practice usually how it goes is the beginning of the season. You'll probably run about You'll probably run the same plays that you've been running last year. You know, a couple of motion plays, a couple of floppy plays, maybe three or four different out-of-bounds plays. Probably about three different after-timeouts plays and then a couple of defensive sets. And then you go from there. Now, how you develop is your development coach, such as your, um, you know, your your develop your player development coach. You'll work with those guys as far as like your one-on-one moves, your combos, your defensive slides, defensive skill sets. You have a player development that does that. And really, you'll do your four-on-fours, three-on-three drills. Every now and then, you'll do some five-on-five contact drills and things like that. You, as the season progresses, you'll start adding a couple more plays here and there. You'll be able to do a lot more film study. Um, film uh, shoot-arounds will just basically be just development. So, I say that to say, yes, you can get better at practice, but you really don't get better unless you're actually getting on the court and getting some burn. So, if Moses Moody ain't getting no burn, Jonathan Kaminga's only out here giving you two points off the bench. You need to see if you want to preserve Steph Curry is having a 50, 40, 90 
year, which has only been done once, and that was him, and he was the unanimous MVP. My man is averaging damn near, I think, 30-some-odd points, shooting the ball 50%, shooting the three almost at 50%, which is crazy, and then shooting free throws at 90%. You're wasting probably one of the best statistical years of Steph Curry's career at the age, excuse me, at 34, going into 35, and you're number 14 with him. Klay Thompson looks like he's starting to get it together. I don't think he's going to play tonight on the back-to-back against New Orleans, but he's finally starting to look like himself. Um, Andrew Wiggins is having a great year. Draymond Green is being as quiet as a cat. Like he hasn't had a bad year, but he's also not been that dude where he's been that vocal guy. Like you, you don't like I, when I've watched the Warriors this year. I don't see Draymond Green's hands all like you don't see. The DNA of Draymond Green written all over a game. It's been literally on my back of Steph Curry, where he's been the one that's been dragging these boys to the finish line. So the question is, how long is this sustained where you can depend on your starting five, who's an old starting five as well, um, outside of Wiggins, I believe he's in his mid-20s, mid to late 20s now. And you got Looney, who's in, I think, years, ooh, you might be seven or eight years in the league. You got a, you got a, a, seasoned, a seasoned starting five. How much, like, what, my, my question about Myers would be, how many more games do you need to see that this bench just ain't ready? These young Thundercats ain't ready. Jermichael Green, you know, a good, solid veteran. Dante DiVincenzo, another solid veteran, but they ain't no out of Porter Juniors, and they damn sure ain't no Gary Payton the seconds. Um, they are not a David West. They are not a day, uh, um, Mo Spates. They are not a, um, David Lee. They're not a Bogut. Like, you, uh, JaVale McGee at this point, like, you, what more? How many more games do you need to see that these young Thundercats just they 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 just not they ain't with it? So Bob Myers, you got to ask yourself the question: Do you just go for broke? Try to get maybe one? I mean, the season's still young, where they can try to figure it out. You make a trade. I'd flip Wiseman yesterday. Like you need to get rid of him today. That would be the first person that needs to go. While you still got some type of some type of residual value in James about Wiseman. Possibly look at Moses Moody and Jonathan Kamiga. I will put all three on the block, see what you can get. Possibly look at maybe getting a Buddy Heald from the Indiana Pacers, maybe even Miles Turner. I would try to see what is the Taiwan version of Wilt Chamberlain, a.k.a. Dwight Howard, to see what his asking price is to come back as well. Um, because that's another thing the Warriors are lacking right now is, is size. If you're talking about going to the East and seeing Freaky Greeky and Joel Embiid, as much as I love Kevon Looney, yes, he can hold his own. But he's not going to be able to do that for, for seven in a seven-game series against Freaky Greek and Joel Embiid. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, so I would try to go see if I can get the Taiwan version of Will Chamberlain, see if you can get Dwight Howard, um, maybe even a Miles Turner. I would seriously consider going to, to Indiana, getting rid of those three young Thundercats, and possibly trying to see if you can get Buddy Hield and Evan Turner. Um, where else could you go? You can possibly try to see... If the services of Roy Hachimura of the Wizards is available, trying to see if you can get that back because I think he's somebody that's on the court that produces. I mean, he's giving you something, um, but you 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 definitely got to see I, I, the pressure is just not working for these young cats, and it's it's not a bad thing. You're asking for somebody, you're asking for these guys to literally chase basketball history, um, which is hard to do in the modern day. They they they're the modern day Boston Celtics of the '60s. You know what I'm saying? I think the Celtics won, they went to the finals 11 years in a row or something like that um, back in the 50s and 60s. So you're literally asking a team 
a, a group of guys who just will always be chasing that. And that's a lot. That's a huge ask. And, and if they fail, like you can't knock them boys. Like you only going to get one Steph Curry. You only going to get one Klay Thompson who are considered. I mean, Steph is the greatest shooter of all time, but where do you put Clay? He's probably anywhere between th- number three and number five. So, you know what I'm saying? You got two of the best back, the possibly one of the best backcourt duels ever to play the league game. And you going to try to, that's your encore act. That's, that's tough, man. So <clears throat> I, I see how the Warriors are trying to keep this dynasty going by trying to groom their young players, but it ain't working. And, and, and I think it's best to pull out now. And then waste a year of some older dudes where you were like, damn, maybe we should have pulled the trigger a little bit earlier as opposed to later. Um, what is it? December. So we'll see. Um, but I, that's my take on the words. Like I said, they, they're finally starting to look good. I know they played some lemon booty teams. They played the, the Knicks, which possibly might have been their best. They looked the best that sees uh, that game since opening that against the Lakers. So I would possibly Give it a little bit more time, but I, I, I'm i not. I'll probably give it another five to ten more games to see what you can get out this bench. I don't know when James Wiseman's coming back. He's still in the G League. They said it was going to be for 10 days, but we'll see. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, I mean, I love him, but <clears throat> he's super, he's super duper inconsistent. And Moses Moody, like I said, my man out here either not getting any, he's not getting no burn, or the only burn he gets is during garbage time. So it's time for the Warriors to start figuring out what they want to do. And like I said, this you listen to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton. Uh, appreciate you rocking with me before we dip up out of the day. Definitely go go over the dummy of the day. So I'm going to give you all a story where I actually chose violence <laughs> uh, over my trip at New York. And I'm going to tie it in with this, which is crazy. Um, so we go to UFC. Uh, mind you, we needed like a crackhead to kind of escort us into the vip area because there was nobody really around us to to escort us and it was really weird um we went on one side of master square garden and nobody was there there was like oh now y'all gotta go to vip entrance um blasey blasey blah i was like oh okay well where is that at and they couldn't they didn't even know what the vip entrance was i was like all right that's weird so we started walking and this crackhead randomly he escorts us in we had to go behind the media trucks it was really really weird one of the weirdest things I've ever encountered, but whatever. So the crackhead actually gets us into the arena. Ironically, we get in. Um, I give him two dollars. He goes gets a hot dog. You know, what I'm saying he's good to go. So we get in, go through our entrance, go through security, everything. We sit down in our seats. Um, we got food catered, and we actually sit down. We're chilling, and there was these dudes that was probably like 10, 15 feet away from us, and. They were just obnoxious. Uh, they were middle-aged dudes, just really, really obnoxious. So, I believe it was the Dustin Poirier-Michael Chandler fight where, you know, the fans were saying, you know, let's go Poirier or Chandler. And they would he would say, F your mom to, to the fans. And we were kind of like, huh? What? what? Like, we all, like, the group we were, we were all looking at each other like, yo, who's your boy? And we were like, all right, whatever. And we started kind of noticing around, like, when these two obnoxious dudes would say something, everyone kind of had this look like they were just over it. So we're kind of like, all right, like, what's going on? Like, all right, maybe this is something we need to look out for. So, like I said, it was four veterans that we were with. So we all kind of knew, like, assess the situation. So you kind of know, you look around, you kind of gauge the people that you're sitting around and seeing what you had to get into. So everyone kind of had this look on their face whenever these two dudes would say something like, oh, 
they need to take it easy. So, you know, we kind of look at each other like, hey, man, who's your boy? So we didn't really think nothing of it. It really wasn't until it was a fighter, and I don't know his name, but I know he had, he spoke Spanish at the end of the fight. He was an American fighter. He spoke Spanish, wanted to show, you know, you know, show love to a Spanish people. So after the interview, Joe Rogan, you know, says, you know, thank you for your interview. You know, yada, yada, yada. And the fighter, usually, usually after, the, after the, the interview proceeds, the fighter will grab the mic and say whatever it is, whether it's, you know, shout out to the fans, shout out to their team. You know, they might propose to their, to their significant other, blah, 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 whatever it may be. So my man takes the mic. He yells out whatever he does in Spanish, which, you know, it's cool. Like, ain't nobody who cares. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what's up. The the dude behind us goes, yo, you're in America. Speak English. So that's when I was kind of like, all right, this dude's bugging. So we all kind of had this look like, all right, we, we got one of them tonight. So we had our, we had just happened to run into our waitress. And our waitress was like, yo, y'all good? And we were like, yeah. And we was kind of like, yo, what's up with your man's back here? And she was like, she had been stopped serving him at like 5 p.m. Mind you, we didn't get in until the, the, the actual fight started around like 5 p.m. local time. But you, we didn't get in until about 10 o'clock local time because they got the prelims, the early prelims, and then you got your televised fight. So we actually didn't roll up in there till about when it was time for it to go on live TV, which was about 10 o'clock. So we get in there. Um, there was an Asian female fighter, uh, Wei Li Zhang, um, who I believe is now the strawweight champion. She, she, you know, she comes in, she's from China and my man goes, yo, you know, he's, you know, everyone's cheering for her and they he goes, why are you, the guy, the idiot goes, you know, he starts blurting out some racism stuff. So that's when I was turned around and I was like, yo man, you have to chill. He comes to me, he starts saying this stuff. And that's when I was like, all right, it's time to take matters into my own hands. So told him, you know, yada, 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 you know, we get to school, you know, we can do this, blah, 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 blah. To the point where now a scene is being caused. You know what I'm saying? Like now the whole entire sections are now looking around at me screaming at this dude. And this dude trying to explain to himself that he didn't realize that I was Asian and that he wanted to buy me a drink. I said, bruh, the drinks here are for free. What are you talking about? To the point where his other homeboy was like, I'm not Asian. I was like, how do you know? So now we're out here in a verbal match, shouting match to the point where. Almost fist got, you know, fist almost came to flying. Luckily, security came, whisked these dudes up out of here. And, and, you know, we got to proceed on with our night. You know, luckily, security was like, oh, nah, y'all good. We're not even really worried about y'all. We understand. Like, you're good. Like, there's nothing, nothing, like, no police needed to come. We were good to go. We got, you know, they shook our hand, was like, yo, we sorry, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I say that to say all this. Why would you pay that much money to get your ass thrown out of a fight? Like that, that's, that's number one. And two, what was you trying to accomplish by pissing off an entire section? Like that just didn't really make a lot of sense. So I wanted to, you know, usually I start off the show, you know, you know, tell me, tell me a crazy time where you went to a sporting event and you just saw some, some ruckus going on. And, and like I said, I'm not one, you know, if you want to say the person sucks, cool. If you want to say F you, yada, 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 I'm cool with that. But when you start talking about people's race and religion and all this other stuff, like, that's where I'm like, hey, man, that, enough is enough. You know, so fans. So this dude definitely gets the Sports Business Podcast dummy of the day. Like he was he was on one to the point where I was like, all right, security ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to make sure I'm going to do something. And I'm going to make sure he gets about of here before security can even uh, figure it out. So, yeah, my man out here is definitely the dummy of the day. 
Um, other than that, it was a great trip, great fight. Like I said, it was a good, 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 good time to bond with my boys. And you know what I'm saying? That's what we do. Um, like I said, we talked about my week 11 winners because that's it. And everyone else is a loser. Um, we're going to run this back next week. Once again, my name is Eric Contra. You listen to the Sports Business Podcast. We do this about once a week. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. It's available on all platforms. Um, like I said, find me on Instagram at Money Compton. I'm still on Twitter. Um, shout out to Courtney Cornyn um, with the Chicago Bears, who's also the ESPN reporter. She's the one that actually put me on this whole situation about Twitter because I didn't know anything about it. So I'm still on there, kind of, sort of, but... If you really want all the content, uh, make sure you follow me on Instagram. Um, also, email the show at sportsbusiness at gmail.com. Like I said, email the show. Let me know what's the wildest thing you've seen at a sporting event um, when it came down to some fans out here choosing violence. But other than that, like I said, we're running back next week. Until then, be easy.